0: Everybody, it's JJ French, and before we get going with uh, with this week's show, just a couple of announcements. If you're in the UK um, and you're into high-end audio, or even if you're not, but really want to find out how crazy it can be, like the world of two hundred thousand dollar turntables and fifty thousand dollar speaker cable, like tr- truly the uh, hobby of kings and the insane people, I'm going to be appearing at the uh, HiFi News and Record Review. Uh, hi-fi show which is going to be the royal ascot race course um, outside of london for those of you who live there and they know exactly what i'm talking about i was going to do it last year but the queen died i got there queen died and they canceled the show so the show's back on and it's going to the royal ascot race course it's coming up this week this thursday friday and saturday which is the 28th 29th 30th and sunday actually and the first um at the royal ascot race course right outside of london it's the big uk high-end hi-fi show actually even if you can only afford a 500 hundred dollar turntable they got stuff there too it's it's everything but if you really want to see how crazy this stuff is you should go to that show i'm going to be doing a vinyl presentation i'm going to be playing some of my favorite records in one of the rooms um that's debuting a turntable that costs like eighty thousand dollars whatever i guess you have to win the lottery for it but the bottom line is i think you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy the presentation and if you're in the uk london uh, in England area, or you want to come to the show, or you're a fan of this stuff, and you listen to my podcast, and and you're in a European city that's close enough, fly over, pop on over, as they say, and uh, and uh, come to the show. The reason why I'm saying you to hold, I've. You hear this? Do you hear the beeping? You hear that shit right now? Do you no. hear? It? You you don't hear it. I've got I a call. That's been going off every hour across the street. Oh, geez. And it's been driving everyone fucking crazy. The reason why I said I'll be back in five oh, no. minutes. Time to complain. Oh wow, now I hear it. Now I hear it. So I went downstairs and said to the doorman, "What the fuck is going on?" He goes, "The police have been here. Everybody in the building is going crazy, and it's on some timer." And so, um, until the guy shows up, or the police shut it down, or they tow the guy away. I have to put up with this bullshit want this on the recording. So we're going to have to just wait until this next cycle stops. And then I'll, Oh, this just sucks.
1: Did it just start again?
0: No, I mean, we got the first part without it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't hearing it. So.
0: Right. You didn't hear it. So no, just started like right when I finished come to the UK it started. Now you can hear it now. Now, right?
1: yeah, now definitely.
0: I don't want this to be, I want you to I'm I'm gonna continue on the minute it stops, and you can just edit the two pieces together.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. so just anyway. Fuck. So what's new, Matthew? Anything again?
1: No, not uh just been been working on music. So uh mainly mainly that is, is what's been new. Uh I moved. Shows what's that
0: you see, been to any shows at all
1: uh been to any show I went to uh uh really nice Pharrell Sanders tribute this past Wednesday uh which was really great they they did it at the Hollywood Bowl um so I, I went there that was really nice.
0: Let's go you ready just stop okay we're gonna continue on. you ready okay then. On October 8th, Sunday, October 8th, I will be appearing at the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame in Stony Brook, Long Island. For those of you who uh, are on Long Island, near Long Island, and um, you want to come, I'm going to be doing a book signing for my book, Twisted Business. I'm going to be doing a Q&A, but what's really cool about this is that the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame for the last nine months has been basically celebrating the history of the great Long Island club scene, especially the late 70s. So for any of you of the hundreds of thousands, if not millions who came through the whole Long Island period during that time and saw Rat Race Choir, Twisted Sister, The Good Rats, Zebra, Stan Anderson Band, SwiftKick, for example. Well, all those musicians and those bands are actually going to come in for the QA. We're all actually going to be there on the same stage answering questions. There's going to be a jam session afterwards. I'm going to be playing my Lou Reed set, which is the third set for those of the fanatics who used to come and see Twisted Sister and wanna hear. Um, the songs that I used to do third set. I'll be playing with the Joe Rock All-Stars. Joe Rock is the uh, number one DJ in WBAB. Everyone's familiar with Joe Rock. Mark Mendoza is going to be playing bass from Twisted Sister. Ken Neal, the original bass player from Twisted is going to show up as a surprise uh, to play with us. I have not played with Kenny in 45 years. It's going to be a special day. It starts at about five o'clock in the afternoon. And that's at the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame in Stony Long Island on October 8th. So to be clear, the British hi-fi show is this coming weekend, which is uh, September uh, 27, 20, 29, 30, um, and, and October 1, that's this weekend. The following week is the Long Island Music Hall of Fame performance on October 8th, uh, where you can see me play with Mark and hear the Q&A and talk about anything in the club days that you guys uh, experienced or missed. Uh you have any questions about it, so we hopefully will see you. And of course, my guest this week um, is my wife, Sharon Gattell. And uh, we're going to just have a husband and wife conversation on the podcast and hopefully um, still stay married after it's broadcast. Um, You know, this is the preliminary round. (laughs) If we do subsequent ones, it'll be kind of crazy. So um, that's this weekend. And by the way, starting two weeks from now is going to be Record Company President Month. Every week, I'm going to have a record company president. So if you're in the music industry and you want to hear directly from some of the most important people in the music business who've had enormous amounts of success in all genres, then you may want to listen every week um in october uh uh, for the record company president month it's going to be very educational very instructive and um, i think you'll really enjoy it so hopefully you'll be tuning in for these shows and again this coming weekend i will be in the uk and i will be appearing at the hi-fi news and record review hi-fi show at the royal ascot race course and the following week i will be back and uh on october 8th i'll be appearing at the long island music and Entertainment Hall of Fame, and I will be performing as well. So hopefully I will see some of you there. Thanks, man. Now, uh, for those of you who listen to my podcast, you know I have a lot of very interesting guests. When it started, I didn't quite know where it was going. I thought, oh, there'd be a bunch of musicians, but it's turned out to be musicians and producers and authors and uh, actors and uh, doctors, a lot of people. And it's been a lot of fun to do it. But today is going to be really the most interesting because today... My guest is someone I wake up with every morning, and uh, that is my wife, Sharon Gittell. So, hey, Cher.
1: Hey, honey. How are you?
0: <laughs> well, we'll find out at the end of this podcast.
1: <laughs> You're anticipating that we're going to get into arguments, and, I think.
0: No, I mean, I, you know, so look, we just celebrated our seventh anniversary.
1: Of being married, but we've been together for 20 Twenty years. Twenty years. Twenty years. But
0: technically, but seven years
1: married. Seven years married. And we've known each other since 1989.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who don't really know the story, it's a pretty amazing story because Sharon, um Sharon moved into the building that we that we live in um in 1989. And I've been here since 1958. And uh when I walked in the door of my building, the doorman said to me, um, hey, uh, the day that Sharon moved in, some guy with your name just moved into the building. And I went, "Uh, what do you mean? There's a lot of Johns. Uh, My name is John. No, no, he's got your first and last name. I said, there's no way a guy moved into the building with my first and last name. And And
1: it wasn't just, sorry for interrupting you, which I probably will do this whole entire (laughs) podcast. It wasn't just that we were moving into the building. We were moving into apartment 5A, and you live directly above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost
0: like a Woody Allen on steroids, mescaline, cocaine, and whatever. I mean, it's just it was impossible. I couldn't believe there couldn't be. So I knock on
1: the door of 5A, and uh, who answers, but... But me. But you! But I couldn't care less. I mean, it was nice to meet you and all. No, but it you was... heard
0: that the other guy, the yes. guy with your name. And
1: I also heard that a guy from Twisted Sister whipped above me, who had the same name as my husband. So that was interesting. I totally was not a hair band, heavy metal person.
0: What was your background musically, actually, yeah, since you are about eight, you're eight years younger than me? So what was your uh, focus of music? I,
1: I was much more the James Taylor, Cat Stevens, Joni Mitchell. Singer-songwriter stuff. Type yeah. of person. In fact, when we first started dating, you gave me your greatest hits and you told a CD and told me not only should I listen to it, but I should learn it. Because I guess you had a feeling that I would be going to a lot of shows. And the interesting thing also is when we got together in 2003, Twisted Sister just reformed. And all of a sudden I was thrust into a, into the world of Twisted Sister, which was completely, I, I had never been involved in that kind of music before and so close to the band.
0: Right, you're a New York City kid, private school kid, um, and, and not only that, but your musical uh, sphere, like when I was 17, 18, 19, I was at the Fillmore East, that was what I was doing, and you were basically at Studio 54, right? Big yeah,
1: but- Yes, I hung out at 054 a lot, but I also saw shows at the garden like Led Zeppelin and The Stones and... Peter Frampton and Aerosmith and whatever. So right, arena I, rock. I did. Arena I did do that a lot.
0: Yeah, but you also, you know, uh, the irony is that you were, you were, uh, you were. Uh, listen, not, no problem. A Studio fifty four kid. Uh, tw- uh, everyone knows traditionally, Twisted Sister, the anti disco thing. You know, mm-hmm. like oh my god. Right. So, so th- here, we, here we are. Here we are. And uh, also, let me also be clear about this. When I knocked on the door of your apartment and you answered, it wasn't like you answered and went, oh, my God, you're going to be my wife. It was just like, hey, I'm the other guy. Let's have a
1: conversation about how this is going to affect our lives. That's really all it was. And one of, aside from credit ratings and debts and other lovely things, aside from that, I became this John's secretary because people, in back in those days, people used the white pages and the looking for phone looking numbers. for phone numbers or called information and would find John Siegel on 91st street and assume that it was JJ French and not my husband so i got very good at taking messages and calling jj by the way i called jj john so let's be clear about that in fact it's very that's that's a huge story in itself the difference between who john is to me and who jj french is to the world i really love john and jj french i can i can throw sometimes the, the nasty jj french comes out and i don't even know who he is
0: can i just say by the way i'm sure suzette would say the same thing about dick Okay. And I'm sure Clara would say the same thing about Eddie. I mean, I don't know. I've never I've never had that conversation. Them. But you know, they've been together for years and years. I mean, Dee's been with Suzette. Well, I was I was their their uh, master of ceremonies at their wedding in 1981. But the day that Dee met Suzette, I think I met I think I met Suzette the day after because Dee and I had this conversation recently. Um, he met I met her at a club called Max's. He met her, I think, the day before. So I've known Suzette ever since Dee's known Suzette. And Um, You know, they've had a long term relationship
1: and a long Uh, term marriage and they've gone through the ups and downs of of marriage. Right. And we're half that age, basically. Yeah. I mean, when when I first started hanging out with the band, all of the wives and girlfriends were so different that I thought a brilliant idea would have been doing a Real Housewives type program, the the wives of Twisted Sister, because our lives, the wives are and girlfriends, because I was a girlfriend for way longer than I've been a wife, um, completely different people who all actually pretty much got along. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, AJ wasn't
0: technically married, um, but, you know, his wife, uh, his girlfriend, rather, they were from Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. Dee and, and Suzette, they're from Long Island, Eddie and Clara. Ed, Clara and Eddie had been together, uh, man, you know, since I think, I think Eddie came in one day in 1977 into the dressing room of, of the Mad Hatter and told us that he just got married to Clara. Now, we knew Clara, but he didn't invite anybody to the wedding. Neither did we. You no, know, that's true. We didn't, <laughs> that's true. We didn't either. Except
1: we did see Eddie and Clara the
0: next day. That's true. And they didn't they have the wedding lunch with us, which that's we right. didn't have with Eddie, I didn't have with Eddie and Clara. So Eddie and Clara uh were together, and Clara's been by Eddie's side for all these years. And uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's unheralded. Uh, the wives and girlfriends long term of of people in this business um don't get the credit for keeping the stability of the person together because it's a tough business and the business, I mean, you go through hell in this business.
1: Yeah, you go through hell and the travel schedule is insane. And
0: the ups and downs of the failures, ups and
1: downs and the whatever, but also there are, there are concerns about, there are concerns about um, infidelity and, all the groupies who I used to look at and say, how did they wake up in the morning and get dressed that way and think that that looks attractive? But that's just me. Um, Being involved with somebody who is on, on stage, gets all the accolades, has a very different life on the road than at home is a very interesting experience and you have to be very flexible and be your own advocate
0: <laughs> yeah and, and you know whereas eddie and clara uh weathered the storm of the whole thing together and Dee and suzette weathered it um the I, first time I, the, through. the first time through you know i just had girlfriends and then i got married uh to mark's sister jody and um and then that ended in divorce seven years later uh, and then uh, when that ended in divorce everything fell apart you know the band had just ridden the tides of monster worldwide success only to you know crash and burn and and I found myself um as I wrote in my book Twisted business available on Amazon
1: uh uh
0: you know, um, I, I, th- that that marriage crashed along with my finances, along with everything. Bankruptcy, you know, came out, and and uh, and I had to go deal with that. And then I got remarried. And when I remarried the second time, when I got married the second time, uh, the band wasn't performing.
1: And just by the way, I was John's daughter's first babysitter as the neighbor. So-
0: yeah, let's be clear about that. Uh, when 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 Samantha was born in 1993, uh, the band had the band was had had retired, disbanded. Although the business of the band kept on with me and Mark in terms of producing product to to, to release, but the band was dormant. And um, my my wife at the time was working as an executive in the music business, and I needed to get a job. And the first job I did, I had post-Twisted was working at a pool hall overnight because um, I needed the money, and I wound up, uh, you know, partnering with the, one of the pool hall owners, and we managed his his uh, nephew, Andrew 48, phenomenal artist, by the way, singer-songwriter, really phenomenal. We got him a record deal really quick, and things looked really good. And then, of course... You know that fell apart, and, and 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 here I am now with a with a with a baby, and getting involved with with um, with uh, another um, band over time. But what happened was Sharon, as a, as a as a parent and a neighbor, and a neighbor. Looked at me and Janice after the first six months, basically said, "You guys don't look like you've been out of the house since the baby was born." And Samantha had a very—it was tough. She uh, trying to get her to sleep every night, so I was staying up with her, and Janice was working, and it was putting a lot of pressure on us. And you very nicely said, "You know what? You guys need a night out. I'll take care of Sam. You're a pro at this already. You know,
1: right? I already had two. You already had two. Coincidentally, all of our kids are two and seven months apart, which is just bizarre and the other interesting part of our lives is that we've known our kids each as stepparents we've known them all, each since they were basically born except emily john met emily when she was like 18 months old other than that He met Josh when he was first born, saw me pregnant, and I was gigantic because Josh was 10 pounds, half an ounce, and 23 inches long, and I was a gigantic person, and I've met Samantha as soon as she was born as well. So that's a a different kind of step-parenting paradigm. It's not typical.
0: No, it's not typical. Typically, um, second families have to have to know the kids have to spend time knowing them whereas we have the unusual position of knowing each other's kids all their lives we've been in their their lives all their lives which means that they can hate us just like they hate their regular
1: parents right. just <laughs> as much you know so in other words whatever they're going to take it's, out it's not it's not a magic bullet no. it's just an interesting observation observation and i also often laugh that my kids could actually be related to JJ because they're both seagulls they're all seagulls and apparently come from mostly stephanesh romania. romania and so they could be related and in fact sometimes our daughters have looked like sisters for real so at times yeah. so it's it not not all the time but sometimes um so that's been an interesting journey. Yeah, so we grew up in
0: the building here, Sharon's been in the building, I've been in the building and and um you know that then as as luck would have it right out of a TV script as luck would have it um in in uh, 2003 the band had decided to reform as a byproduct of the immense um publicity received after playing the, the fundraiser for, for the 9-11 Widows and Orphans Fund for the New York City Police Fire Department and Emergency Services. Of course, this is now being uh, recorded today, uh, the day after 9-11, the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, so it's fresh in our minds that 22 years ago, this is what happened. But 22 years ago, when that happened, the band was dormant, and the band uh, was asked by Eddie Trunk to reform, to help raise money for the Widows and Orphans Fund for the New York City Police Fire Department. And we did... And then um, with, w- within a year, we started getting offers going to Europe. And 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 while all this was going on, I was going through a really bad physical problem with my atrial fibrillation um, at, at that exact time. I had developed a bad case of AFib. A- you guys may have heard about it in the news or seen in commercials, you know, AFib, atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation doesn't kill you, but it makes you sick. And I had been living with it at that point for um for for several years and i was trying to figure out a way to get out of it uh surgically and they would give me chemicals they would give me pills and the pills you know didn't do what they what i wanted them to do so i needed this surgery so uh, that kind of coincided with the band deciding in 2003 to perform so as we were deciding in 2003 to perform we had gone to korea in may of 2003 to do a uso tour because we figured we haven't played in many many years and if we sucked in korea nobody would know about it. like we'd just be 10,000 miles away so wow. let's just go play for our troops and we did it was very really emotional it was amazing it was amazing going up to pamu john to sit to stand eye to eye against okay. the north koreans Here we'll and, go. and 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 so we come back from that experience, and Sharon's, and I think Sharon's in the lobby. I see Sharon and John. Did I tell you both the story of Korea at the time? Me and Rick. You and you and Rick. Oh yeah. Oh, so who, that's right. So uh, who who was Rick exactly?
1: So my marriage was falling apart, and I started having an affair with a person named Rick. Last name will not be mentioned. And we were hanging out outside the building, and you. Told us the whole story about how you went to Korea and whatever. And
0: it in my usual in his entertaining usual way.
1: Entertaining, good story way. And that I can't say that was the beginning of a spark between us because John always told stories. And my ex-husband used to tell John's stories to people at dinner, you know, our friends going, Oh my God, you should hear this story about how. John ordered a couch and all he could think about on tour was this couch. I'm sure John will explain that story. Not now, because I've heard it <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah, that is one of the biggest problems about being the wife of JJ French and John French, is that he's a remarkable storyteller and he can, he can have you eating out of the palm of his hands. But I have heard these stories. Oh, I could tell all the stories. I'm just not as amusing as he is. And sometimes it gets to be too much. And I'm like, I can't hear that story again. Like, And w- one of the things that happens that I find so fascinating is John will remember a story and we'll be out to dinner with friends and tell that story. And then the next day we're with new people and he tells the same story. I'm like, how many times? Because there's here? new
0: people. Right. I mean, I mean, here's the problem. Okay. The problem <laughs> is is that that's too fucking bad. Like that's just the way it is. Either that or you don't or don't talk. So no, there are there are times I, that I get wait, there are times that I have, look at him said get to so. me, wait a minute, there are times that you said to me, Why aren't you talking? Like we'll be out. And I go and I say the reason and uh, The reason why is I know where this is going and someone's going to ask me this question and the stories are going to start coming. And I don't want to get beat up by you by telling the story. But the fact is, that's what happens when you are a celebrity and people want to hear this shit. You don't think Paul McCartney doesn't want to talk to people because everyone's going to say, what was it like to be a Beatle? I mean, that's all we people live
1: for this. I am not criticizing you. What I'm criticizing is that you have so many stories. Pick a different one, not the same story for the next week. Sometimes That's you want to work I'm on saying. the greatest hits, though, because you know they work. That's all I'm saying. But we, I've learned how to sit quietly, which is a shocking thing. I just let him go. Yeah, and but- I go to a different place in my brain while he's doing that. And I also say, you tell him. I don't need to tell the story. No, you have to because you're way better at it. <laughs> well I'm okay. I
0: am. So but there is a problem being a celebrity and having people ask the same stories. As you know, I have said this, but I'm gonna say for the purposes no, of, of our I'm audience. I was gonna, say, about I'm Jim gonna Marshall.
1: say, I was gonna tell the story. Jim Marshall, the, Marshall, the person Marshall. I, oh. he there he goes again, interrupting. He, he can't help it. I know. Um now he's laughing. Um of Marshall Amps were married seven times. Why? Because every single day somebody would ask him in front of one of the wives, all of the wives, how did you come up with Marshall Amps? And they had to hear the story over and over and over and over again. And after a while, they would just divorce him. <laughs> now there's another side which of it. you this, said. You told, you, me said. Yes, you told me that. Yes, this is not me being. Yeah. But but the other part of it, and I think you're really good about this, and I think I'm pretty good about it, is it's the bread and butter of our lives. And if that's what people want, that's what people want. And it's just like, you're not going to not play. We're not going to take it. You're not going to not tell funny good stories about the band and people always want to know and I'm not I am not at all saying that you shouldn't tell these stories but sometimes it gets to be a little bit much yeah I mean he's a very big guy and has a very big personality and luckily I'm no shrinking violet
0: no you're not but the, it is the reality, you know. Um, the other side of it is, you go, "Hey, yeah, things are cool. Yeah, it's great. What's a like? Oh, that was fun. Yeah, what's like?" Are- and then people go, "I had dinner with that guy. What a what a dick! I mean, he didn't talk. He kind of was dismissive. You know, I went out. My my friend Mary, um, was dating Weird Al Yankovic." And, uh, you know, and and and, I, and if you know
1: who that is,
0: because Weird Al, well, I'm sure people listening to this podcast know who Weird Al okay. is. And he made some really funny videos, you know, in the 80s, spoofing other famous videos. And and he's a funny guy. Very funny. He's a comedian, like funny guy. And she was dating him. And she said to me, um, I'm going to be in town with Al on New Year's Eve. Can we do something special? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I used to work at a pool hall. And, uh, you know, I, I can open it and we can go play pool there and then have dinner and hang out and then go to some club later on. I we I went to see a Zydeco group. So anyway, Mary, Mary came with Al and we went to the pool hall and we, I opened it up and we were playing pool and Al didn't talk the whole time. I mean, I would ask him a question you go, uh-huh. He was monosyllabic. And I went, what? And a- you see you've never forgotten I've never forgotten it because I was like, what? I have to be the entertainment here because you're not talking Cause you don't want to talk or you're shy or whatever it is. The bottom line is, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. That's really, that's really the, the way I kind of look at it. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So I do. And I tell them and, and you have to now, now let's be clear about this recently in a Q and a session that I was doing after one of my motivational speaking engagements. Uh, I brought Sharon on stage and to ask me the
1: questions. So it's called JJ After Dark. JJ After Dark, and, and usually, usually John is interviewed by somebody a part of the Birthing of Giants Fellowship. This time, I said I want to do it because there's such a dichotomy to me between basically JJ and John and. What people assume, for the longest time, I wanted to have a Twitter feed saying the real J.J. French, saying he does windows. Meaning I wash windows. John washes windows. He clean... He's way more of the housekeeper in this home than I am, and doesn't mind it. It's not like, it's not like it becomes a thing between us that he's cleaning up up too much. He cleans up a little bit too much, but you know, like if I put down a a plate, it's taken in, (laughs) taken away, and without bitching to you, I don't tell you to take it. You're not bitching. I don't care. It's just. That that When I first came up with the idea of the real J.J. French was that we used to love watching The Voice together and we actually went to The Voice reunion show after the first season uh, season because we were gigantic fans. And I was like, people would die to know that this is how we're spending our time, would die. I mean, we have a very um, interesting life together because... Your image and who you are to me and to our friends and whatever very different than the image of JJ. That that's all. Yeah, and and our good friends, no, almost, ne- they almost never talk about business. Well, they may no. ask me,
0: "Hey, look, what's new?" And I may say, oh, "There's a record coming out," but we never, we don't spend time ever no. talking about it. And and they've been friends for years and years and years. And so we this-
1: have a very integrated life. Yeah, like I just had my forty fifth high school reunion boy and it happened to be on my the day before my birthday but the the thing is over these last 20 years John has met most of my friends from growing up and know know them all and really enjoy hanging out with them so we have a very interesting life yeah we've melted we've melded a lot our
0: friends are our friends and that's an interesting thing it's like my friends and your friends now the couples that we know we've known as couples and we've become very good friends with both sides and um are we're very very close to them and many of them are um you know, are our Or they, are business people. Yeah, business people, right. They're
1: producers or writers or musicians, whatever. And because of that. Or social media or experts social, right. or in online media, or because I used to work in online media and was very involved in the beginning of social media with social media. And I still know a lot about it, but I don't like. I rarely post, although I've posted twice in the last couple of days, which is very unlike me. And we we enjoy traveling. We enjoy restaurants. We eat right, food. Exactly. You know, so, art.
0: We go to museums together. We go with movies together. We'll go to Broadway shows together. We'll go. And, and we just enjoy each other's company. We travel well with a lot of our friends. And we just enjoy hanging out. That's really it. No pressure. Uh, There's no expectations whatsoever. You just enjoy hanging out without drama. Without drama. And that's really a key. You know, The older you get, the less drama you want, except for the ones that the kids lay on you, which you can never avoid. You're going to have to deal with that shit.
1: The next thing that we're doing that I'm so excited about is we're going glamping on Governor's Island with a whole group of people. And it's going to be epic. And I cannot wait. And... It's such a perfect quintessential New York City thing to do. And when we're together, we look for quintessentially New York City things to do because we both grew up in Manhattan on the Upper West Side and we love our hometown. And we just think of it as a hometown.
0: Yeah, and most of our close friends are Manhattan-based people and who understand the ebb and flow. Or move
1: to Florida.
0: Um, uh, (laughs) One exception would be, and there's an exception that we that we've really cultivated and we we cherish, as weird as it may be, is hanging out with our Mormon friends out in Montana, and we've we've come to love them. Um, and you know, you would think Jewish people from the Upper West Side, uh, Mormons from uh, from Montana, have very very different views, but you know, we we as people, we're very very
1: very comfortable. And we just got back from a trip. From Montana, from West Yellowstone to see our friends. Well, how many and times have we been out there now? We think around 10. It's been a lot of times. So we know it quite well. But we had the biggest fight of our life, I think.
0: Amongst,
1: yeah. amongst the large, biggest fight. Yeah,
0: uh, because um, when you're out lives. in Montana, I mean, when you're out in Montana, if you're in West Yellowstone and you want to go anywhere, you got to get in a car. And you have to drive for hours. <laughs> you got to drive. And hours. Yeah. hours. So, you know, people say, well, Jackson Hole sounds great. Yeah, it's a it's a four hour drive, two hours out, two hours back. You know, I, I want to go to um to uh, Bozeman. Yeah, that's two hours out. That's two hours back. I want to go to the park. Well, the park can be hours, days.
1: And even if you're going to go hike, even if you're going to go for a long walk or a hike or whatever, you have to drive to the place that you want to do that. So we were, we decided we have done this a couple of times going to Cody, which is three and a half hours away from West Yellowstone. And we used to do it in a day, Back back and forth in a day. And I said to John, no, 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 let's just get a hotel room so we can go and enjoy being in Cody without the pressure of... Of coming, turning around after lunch, and coming right back. Tell people about the drive to Cody. It is amongst the most spectacular drives, but also scary, like big drop-offs on the on the mountains, on the mountains, and whatever. And the other thing that we were dopes about is that there's no real cell service in the in the park, and we didn't download the direction. A map so that we had
0: because we're had enough. We've done it so many times. We were we'll like, have to no, think big about deal. no big deal. We'll get out there. We'll get out there plenty of time. Your idea was let's go to a rodeo, because it's a well-known rodeo in Cody. Cody is with where the Buffalo Bill Museum is. And I will tell you, folks, it is the drive from the His East stomach. State of Yellowstone to Cody is among the most beautiful drives. It's only 50 miles at that point even though it's three and a half hours from our hotel, because you have to drive through the entire park to get to the East Gate. Gate. We're at the West Gate. You got to go to the East Gate. You got to drive around that huge lake. It takes hours to do it. And, uh, and bottom it, line it is...
1: Started, it started the night before when I said to John, are you sure you want to ro- drive that, long, that distance tomorrow? We've been in the car a lot. I think we should, maybe not, but maybe we should. We already have a hotel room booked. And the next morning, John woke up and said, I'm I'm down for the ride. And the truth of it was, and this took a couple of days after this big fight, I said to John, I wasn't completely, it wasn't that I wasn't being honest, but I should have just said, I don't want to go to Cody. And, let's, and I, would went, I would have said, okay. But instead fine. I said, okay, fine. And as soon as we got into the car temperature was high and John said to me put on blues and I was like I don't fucking want to listen to blues for three hours on this trip and John's and we had serious radio like a hello we have thousands of choices of things to listen to and he's picking something that didn't match the landscape as far as I was concerned, and something I didn't want to listen
0: whoa, whoa, to. Whoa, 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 have whoa. Have I ever asked ever in no. all the years no. we've ever been in a car, was serious? Have I ever said play the blue no. song? Never once. No. And I couldn't okay. find it and I got it. Uh, have I ever said play the Beatles channel? Well, you know better. No, but it doesn't matter. No, you know the better. Point, the point is, I didn't. I always said whatever you want to listen to. So the totally point fine. is, is that we
1: started the trip. Yes, dear.
0: It's a yes, dear. Thing.
1: We started the trip, and I was like, God damn it! I'm totally erased. You're not even paying any attention to who I am. I don't want to go on this trip. How can you make me fucking go on this trip? I don't want to go. Why are you making me? And John keeps on driving because John's temperature goes down when my temperature gets hot. He keeps on driving, and then I pulled out. You know, the ace, the the ace and how it is that expression, the ace in the hole, whatever. I pull out, if you love me, you will not hold me hostage in this car for the next three and a half hours. So John turns around and starts going back to Yellowstone, to West Yellowstone. And then I feel bad because I, you know, I'm a Gemini. What can I do? <laughs> there
0: are two of me. And so you then, go turn around. I go turn around. Where?
1: I said, you go, let's "Okay, let's go back."
0: There. I said, "But you what? just said you want to go back." And I'm like, "This is how fucked up this is." It okay? was terrible. Let me just say how
1: fucked up it is. She convinces me to turn around. I turn and around to make to to just finish this whole thing. It took us six and a half hours to get to Cody. Why? Because we kept on getting lost. Because We really didn't know where we were going. We haven't done this in years. The signage is terrible. And the signage is terrible. And the combination of us being emotionally upset and whatever took us six and a half hours. And I was like, I'm not fucking going to the rodeo. And I'm not going out to dinner. And I can't wait to go back to West Hills. How far was the rodeo from the hotel? It was
0: across the street. (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't another get back in the car it was across the fucking street from the hotel
1: and asked me did i go no No. because i can get stubborn
0: and what did i say to you i said i i uh, i'm hungry and um i'm gonna go get food you want to No. So I went, okay, but I'm, I need to eat. But
1: maybe we're uh, getting too much in the weeds, but we- No, I don't think so. I okay. think this is like, this is life. So okay? we really, really almost killed each other, but somehow we were able to recover and had a, a really nice end of the trip. Well, first of all, the, the barbecue I came back with was really good. Yes, And was.
0: you said, and I said, they have chicken. And you said, okay. okay. So I went back and got chicken, which was really good. Thankfully, it was really good, and you know, we we, we slept that night and got up and left. And and, and 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 opposed to the drive coming there, it was we got back in three and a half hours. Three and a half. The way we did it quickly uh, because I knew exactly where to turn this time. We just reverse the tracks, and we made it back in three and a half hours, which seemed like two hours. It did. It
1: went very quickly,
0: and you were very happy about that. Yes,
1: I was. But we 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 survived weird things together. And, and my temper, I have a temper, ask my children. Um, but we got through it. And that's the thing, having the resiliency in our relationship through the years, whether it's been about silly things like that, or major things like your prostate cancer and the fallout from that, we get through things. Talk and that's about, the point. Talk about...
0: How you spiritually wake up every morning and, and why being out at Yellowstone is, is so dramatic. For me. For you, yeah.
1: Well, one of the one of the podcasts that I listen to regularly, <laughs> on like this one. Um
0: have you ever once in a while you listen to this thing.
1: Right? There- Yes, once in a while, I listen, like I'll probably listen to the one with you and D. Like I need to have a a certain connection, but I listen to the Huberman Lab podcast, and and this has been a recently new habit of mine. Started in mid March, where I get su- I wake up and I go outside, no matter the weather, for at least between seven and ten minutes every single day without a cell phone, without whatever, just to think, get sunlight in my eyes, regulate my entire body, listen to the Huberman lab, and you'll understand why. And what's interesting in our life and what you were just talking about is both John and I are very, very much cultural Jews, but we are not religious Jews. And John considers himself an atheist. And I would say I'm I'm more spiritual than you are. Well, you're
0: an, you're, you, an agnostic, maybe. I don't know. Don't, know if I, don't I don't have a label.
1: I don't have a label. But what's an I agnostic
0: am. is an atheist with a fallback position. Somehow you believe there's, but I, I, there's but some reason why yes, we're all Yes, and
1: when I'm in Yellowstone, by the way, it's getting very hot in here. Um, when I'm in Yellowstone, the nature overwhelms me. And seeing... And it's not only in yellowstone it's also one of the times that we were in croatia or when we've been in the azores it's very important to me to have a time with a lot of green space and a lot of green around me and that could be because i live in new york and i need a change of landscape so to speak but it's very important to me, and this this new habit of the seven minutes seven minutes in heaven um, every morning has really been phenomenal for me. It it really it, it's like a a, a meditation that's not a meditation, I guess, is a way of yeah putting
0: it. You connect in a in a, some sort of a spiritual way, and and I appreciate that. I mean, look, no one's gonna know till we die. Anything we don't know, so um, we, we 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 follow our own path, but we are very much Jew ish, and
1: uh, we're not we, it, we're, we're very much Jews, and the ish is, is that we son. on the on the on the son. going to temple, yeah.
0: Although, you know, recently we were uh, we were honored. By putting our initials on the Torah, that was we got a letter, A letter dedicated to us. us and the Torah that was supplied by our friends Norman Elaine Brodsky uh, for a synagogue out in um, Long Beach, uh, New York that had been vandalized and the Torah was was stolen and then probably destroyed. They purchased one and then and we're very dear friends with theirs and they invited us out and that was an honor. I it mean it's was an, an honor. honor. It's an honor. You know, there's a lot of things we can discuss. I will tell you, Sharon has the. Um, you know, sometimes she's got the attention span of a gnat on methadrine. Like, you know, hurry up, let's can we get through it. Like my joke with Sharon is if she if she was God, it wouldn't have taken seven days. It would have taken three. She would say, Hey, Uranus, move over here, please. The sun, the cowboy, would you move that uh universe over? You're not moving fast enough. I don't understand what's called. So we're gonna read we're gonna come back. We're gonna do more episodes. Um, but but out of respect, only if to you, you, think, you think only if you think that you want to hear
1: more. That you and we'll know by the audience numbers.
0: Yeah, by by you guys signaling whether you like this or not. And if you do, we'll we'll continue on. We have many things
1: we can discuss. We Um, could talk one of the things that has been really on our mind lately, and I find fascinating is how do you parent adult children? And all of my friends go through the same things, and it's been a very interesting and and um brought time for everybody but that could be that mercury is in retrograde and it's and it's six planets are are doing its weird thing and i will tell you we've all felt it and so we'll we can come back if you want
0: we're going to come back because she's going to give you her theories on relationships speak on what people say about their relationships on we'll talk about all the uh the, uh, the the kitchen and home improvement shows that we watch because that's also a thing that we have some opinions on. And we as can well talk
1: as, about sex.
0: And, and we will talk about sex. And that's a very important topic. So we will come back and talk to many other things. Um. So again, just signal to us that you want to hear more and and, and Sharon will be my guest Um. in the future. And, I, and you were great today, by the way. Just want to tell you, see, you were a little- It was concerned. a little nervous. And we're going to go, what are we going after this? We're going to go see- Barbie. Barbie, which I have not seen. I've, I've seen not, it but, but I'm
1: good. going good. again because yeah. we can. Yeah.
0: So uh, let's see Barbie um I want to just uh, remind everybody uh to um you know let me know what you think of this podcast if you have any questions you want to ask it's always ask jjts at gmail it's ask jjj yj at gmail.com i'd like to thank my producer matt mallinger
1: thank you matt uh,
0: thank you matt always great and um remind everybody on the october 8th i'm going to be appearing at the long island music hall of fame located out in stony brook and uh, get my book Twisted Business on Amazon.
1: Oh, and one other thing we're going to talk about is politics.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, there's so much. Yes, there's so much. There's so much stuff affecting this country and affecting our lives and your lives. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys. And hopefully you'll look forward to hearing from us in the future. Thank you and see you next time.
1: Thank you. Bye.